Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us today online here at Life Church in Ladner, BC. My name is Hendrik Bischoff. I'm one of the associate pastors here. And I also just want to take a moment and quickly acknowledge and honor our pastors here at Life Church, Andres and Omri. You guys are amazing. We love you so much. And it's really incredible to be a part of this family, this church. Now we're busy with a series called Wake Up the House, and it's been such an incredible conversation so far. Now, as being a husband to an incredible wife and a dad to the most amazing four months old baby boy, I'm not gonna lie, it's been a super challenging series, but really inspiring and life-changing. So if you haven't yet, please go back and start watching all the episodes and you'll see what I'm talking about. But today, it's time for us to talk about worship. Wake up the worship in you. Now, I love talking about it and I've made it a priority in my life. And it's been a great and very interesting journey as well since I first experienced worship about 14 years ago. Now, let me ask you this. What comes to mind when I say the word worship? For most of us, we would probably say music or singing, right? But that's not what worship is. And yes, it is a way of worship, but that is not what worship is. And we'll talk a bit more about that later on. But first, let's start by laying down the right foundation for our conversation today. So, what is worship? Let's look at the word worship. It comes from an old English word, worth-ship. Worth as in value or importance, and ship as in quality, like friendship, discipleship, sportsmanship. You get it. Now, that can be a little bit shallow and sometimes dull uh, for the explanation of worship, if I can put it that way. But when we look at the word worship and how it was used in the original language in the Bible, which is Hebrew and Greek, we see the real meaning of worship. Um, and we see that it's not only a state of being, you know, God as being worthy or a quality. We see that it actually prompts us to do something. It prompts us to respond. And here's what I mean. In Hebrew, there's a myriad of words used to describe the act of worship. Every single one of those words have a very active and physical meaning to it. Here are a couple of them. Shecha or shaka, worship in its entirety, or in some context, to bow down. The word shabak, to sing praises out loud, or barak, to kneel down. And you might have seen that, um, something like the Wailing Wall, where the Jews sway back and forth and kneel down to align themselves with God. Or abad, to work or to serve. In Greek, we see the same thing. The word proskineo, to kiss the hand in reverence or latria, service, or to serve. It seems like there are always two parts to worship, the acknowledgement and the action. The one leads to the other. And that is why it's so important for us to understand that worship is not just about singing. It can be applied to everything in your life and it can almost become a lifestyle. Now we tend to say that you should embrace a lifestyle of worship. And for us as Christians, it might look like acknowledging that God is so worthy 
that I cannot help but respond by bowing down or kneeling or singing or praising or giving, whatever it might be. The list goes on and on and on. There was a guy named William Temple and he explained worship like this. And this is beautiful. Worship is the submission of all our nature to God. It is the quickening of the conscience by His holiness, the nourishment of mind with His truth, the purifying of imagination by His beauty, and the opening of the heart to His love, the surrender of will to His purpose. All of this gathered up in adoration, the most selfless emotion of which our nature is capable. That's beautiful. And we can see the acknowledgement and the action in all of that. It's simply the way we respond to His holiness or His wholeness. Remember last week, uh, we learned that holiness is not just being set apart or being sin-free, but holiness is wholeness. Now that we know a little bit more about the word worship and the meaning of worship, Hopefully we can now understand that it's not just about singing or music. It's about acknowledging, obeying, responding, surrendering. And that is something that we can apply to every area of our lives. Worship should be a part of your whole life and not just the 20 minutes before a sermon on a Sunday. Worship can be a part of how we love our people, our community, our family, our church. You can worship through giving, through prayer, taking care of yourself, and of course, music. Now there's many great examples of worship for us in the Bible and way too many to cover in this 30 minutes that I have with you. So here are just a few of them and let's see if we can see some of the similarities within them. Acts 16, 24 to 26, where Paul and Silas are singing while being in prison. Let's read together. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was uh, commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that, um, that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. That is pretty powerful, what worship can do. Let's read Mark 12, 41 and 44, the widow's offering. Jesus sat down opposite the place where offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple's treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. You see, all the others gave out of their wealth, but this woman gave all of what she had to offer, basically being all in. I love that. Let's read together Luke 22, 41 to 43. This is Jesus surrendering to the will of God. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. He knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, 
take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Absolutely love that. Luke 7, 36 to 50, the woman with the alabaster jar of perfume. Let's read. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume and she stood behind him at his feet, weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume out on them. Once again, we see step one, acknowledgement and step two, action. Mary acknowledged that Jesus is so worthy and took action by pouring out something that was so valuable to her out on his feet. That was her act of worship. When you think about it, they were eating, they were probably sitting down and Jesus's feet were probably on the floor because I don't think Jesus sits with his feet up in the air. That'd be weird. So she literally had to bow down to reach his feet. That is beautiful. Why is worship so important? And why do we always talk about it? And why do Christians and churches make such a big deal out of it? Well, the thing is that we were all made to worship. Whether you are a devoted follower of Jesus or not, all of us worship something. That's right, all of us worship something. So my question to you now is, what do you worship? Let me put it this way. What is so important to you that you acknowledge that it is so worthy of all your devotion, all your time, all your service, and then essentially making you bow down before it? Think about that image of Mary. What is it? Is it your job, the concept of success? Is it a sports team? Is it money? Is it relationships? Is it your friends chasing purpose? Is it Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, the news? What others say about you? Here's a touchy one. Is it the church or the worship music or the worship leader or the pastor? You get it. So what do you worship? What you worship will shape you. So let's think about that. The thing that makes this really so hard is that it's really easy to partially worship many things, but it takes a true surrendered heart to worship only one thing. Just take a couple moments and think about the things that you worship in your life. Ask yourself that question today. Now let's talk about how we worship. Today, we're gonna to look at only one of the ways we worship, and that is through song. Uh, you've seen it today in this online service, um, and we've also seen it back in the biblical days. And when we talk about songs and music, the book of Psalms always comes up, and we always think about King David, the great worship leader, the man that's so dear to God's heart. And the book of Psalms is a collection of 150 ancient poems, songs, and prayers. And it's really interesting to see the journey of the book of Psalms. And you'll find two main responses to what's happening to the world around them. You'll see lament and you'll see praise. Now we can learn a ton about how we worship from this. 
Early on in the book of Psalms, you'll find lots of poems and prayers of lament, like I said. That's our crying out to God. It's the me-focused kind of stuff. For example, Psalms 4. Let's read together. Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayers. It's a psalm from David. Later on, we see more uh, poems and prayers and songs of praise, more pointed towards the goodness of God. Let's read together in Psalms 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord with all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. It's very interesting to me um, that the last five books in the book of Psalms all starts and ends with the phrase, praise the Lord, or hallelujah, which means praise the Lord, or in Hebrew, tahila, which means to praise aloud with song. Praise is to lift up your voice and your hands in thankfulness and in adoration. It's a response to God's holiness, God's wholeness and the fulfillment of his promises. Praise and worship, it's our response. Now, looking at the book of Psalms, we see the pattern of lament and praise. We see the pattern leads from lament into praise. Step one, acknowledging he is worthy that we need him. And then into step two, our expression, the actions we take. The book of Psalms teaches us an important note on worship. And I think that's the journey might start with lament, but it will always end up in praise. So in today's worship music, we see both types of those responses. Um, and as worship leaders or songwriters, we then categorize these songs as personal worship or congregational worship songs. And we might also categorize them as fast or medium or slow, upbeat, intimate or praisey worship songs. All of the different songs that are written well, all the different songs are written with the same heart and goal in mind, hopefully. And that is to connect you to God, to remind you of his promises, his love and his ways. Worship songs should stir the faith in you. It should make you excited about God. For example, when we sing about the promises of God, it's reminding us about his promises and that we can know that he is faithful to fulfill them. God doesn't need a reminder of what he had promised us or a, a reminder that he loves us or a reminder that Jesus rose from the grave. We are the ones who are transformed when we worship. We need to sing it out. Now, a lot of times we are fast to respond with our hands in the air by and shouting out loud when the winning Goal is scored in the Stanley Cup Finals, but why are we so slow and many times even embarrassed to raise our hands or to sing aloud as a response, a response to the goodness of God in our lives? Now, I know that people respond in worship in different ways, and I've seen that as being a worship leader and involved in worship music for a very long time. People do respond in different ways, but if you can get so excited about a sports game or your kid scoring a goal or hitting a home run, why can't you get excited about the God of creation, the one who formed you, even when no one is watching and you're on your own? Raising your hands in the air is a globally known sign of surrender, right? We've all seen it. 
and maybe even had to do it. But when is the last time that you raised your hands, not only in surrender, when you needed God to do something, but in thankfulness that you are breathing and alive, that he is with you, that he loves you, and that he, he has great plans and promises for you. Your posture in worship is super important. But I'm not talking about the different ways of lifting your hands. You can either be the hands in pocket kind of guy, or you are all in with your hands in the air. I'm talking about your posture in true worship, worship in spirit and in truth. Let's read in John 4.23. It says, Yet a time is coming and, and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. So what happens then when we worship? When we worship in spirit and truth, talking about music now, the songs we sing are not only beautiful love songs to Jesus, but those songs actually destroys the plans that the enemy has for you. You might be singing, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending love of God, or oh, how he loves us so, and thinking that you are just simply serenading Jesus with a song, when in the meantime, the plans of the enemy are actually being crushed and destroyed. Worship is an amazing tool and weapon for us to use. Now, most of the time, we don't know what's going on when we worship because our battle is not in the physical. Ephesians 6.12, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Andreas did a great series about the armor of God called Dress Code for Life that dives into that. So please go onto our channel and watch that. Worship is not about our feelings or our emotions. And yes, music has a way to get to us emotionally. I mean, have you ever watched a movie with nice cinematic or anthemic soundtrack in the back? It really gets you going, right? It can make you cry and excited at the same time. It can make you feel all sorts of things. Just to set things straight, worship music is not written to manipulate your emotions, but rather connect your heart to the lyrics that you are hearing or singing. So, when you're singing about the love of God, you're probably gonna hear sweet and beautiful melodies and harmonies. And when we're declaring breakthrough and celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, we're probably gonna hear a lot of musical crescendo, meaning that the music will build and create tension and then release into a moment that makes you feel like you've arrived somewhere or achieved victory. There is power in worship. And there can be breakthrough in worship in the songs that we sing, the gathering of voices, the beautiful harmonies and melody, and all of that has the power to help us through the valley into the plans and promises that God has for us every single day of our lives. And this is why we should worship every day. It's easy to praise and worship when there's music, right? But what happens when you actually need to worship in a moment and there's no band behind you or in front of you. 
there's no music playing on your AirPods, or maybe the internet is down and you cannot stream your favorite Hillsong album or go to This Is Life Worship YouTube channel to listen to worship music. Would you still respond to God's wholeness in adoration or are you waiting for a soundtrack to play to get you going? Let the meaning and understanding of worship become the soundtrack that is constantly playing in your heart so that you can worship anywhere, anytime. Because of the Holy Spirit, we can now worship freely in spirit and in truth. We don't need to prove anything to God anymore. We don't need to bring lambs or rams to an altar in order to worship. But what we can do now is respond in physical actions like bowing down, lifting our hands or singing out loud, giving or praying and loving on others. If you are simply waiting only for Sunday morning to worship, you are relying on the music or the church and not God himself. Through worship, we see breakthroughs and we see miracles. We see restoration, right? I'm not saying that that'll happen immediately when we worship, but I think if we live a life of worship, every day, everything we do then becomes the preparation or the cultivating of our hearts for those things to actually happen in the right time, which is God's time, the fulfillment of His promises. We worship because we need it, not because God needs it. There's so much power in just your worship alone. So what do you think happens when we actually get together then and sing when we're in person, singing the same songs, declaring the same thing, swaying to the same beat? Yeah, think about that. We need you to start worshiping at home, in your car, on the tractor, on the treadmill, on your bike, on the bus, everywhere you are, anywhere you go. We need you to start worshiping. One moment of worship could change your whole eternity. And get this, one moment of worship could change someone else's eternity. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we learned that we can have faith for others. And in that same way, we can praise and worship in the gap for others. Now, we just love doing it through music. So put on worship songs whenever you can. Start lifting your hands or bowing down and start doing it when no one is watching. God is not about embarrassing you in front of people, so you do what you gotta do, boo. And let's just start by having worship come to life in us so that it can start to show through you eventually. I'll end with this. The reason why we should worship. As I said, worship starts within you. And that is how it can actually change the world around you. You acknowledging that God is worthy and then taking action by singing out or bowing down. Do you realize that your worship doesn't change God? It changes us. And that is why it's so important for us to understand and know what worship is. So worship is not music. It's not just singing, but it's a way of life for us. We were made to worship something. So why not choose to worship God? This is me. I choose to worship God every single day. 
Remember that you are called to be holy as he is holy. In 1 Peter 1, verse 16, it is written, be holy because I am holy. So if we are holy as he is holy, then nothing deserves your worship more than God himself. Nothing. So may your worship become more than just the 20 minutes before a sermon on a Sunday. Let it become a way you live your life and cannot help but respond to the wholeness and the goodness of God. And may the promises of God become real and fulfilled in your life. Wake up the worship in you. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much that we are able to now worship you freely in spirit and in truth. God, I pray that this will become real in our lives. I pray that every moment that we surrender to you, that you will show us something new about who you are. We know, God, that you have great plans and promises for us. So I pray that those would come to fulfillment in our lives, God. May our hearts be offered as worship, God, in true worship as we bow down, sing songs, love others in our giving and in our praying, God. We know that you don't need it, but we still want to do it for you, God. We love you so much, and in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.